Friday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. El Capitan is at it again. Ryan Getzloff amazes on Dia de Muertos night and a visit with Trey Matthews on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hola, mi amigos. Buenos dias. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. This is my 11th season covering hockey, and I just want to thank you all for making Locked On Ducks your first listen of the day. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available wherever podcasts can be heard. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD or follow the show on Twitter, all the Ducks content, at LO underscore Ducks. So yesterday was Dia de los Muertos. I made a prediction on yesterday's show about when Ryan Getzloff would score his first goal. And you know, I'm going to let the audio speak for itself here. Here's what I said on yesterday's episode. I've talked about Ryan Getzloff a ton. I will make one final prediction. I predict that Ryan Getzloff will score a goal against the Devils. He will get his first goal against the Devils because why not? It's El Capitan, Ryan Getzloff. If he's going to get his first goal of the season, why not have it on Dia de Muertos night? This is a little self-serving, but I called it. I called my shot saying that Ryan Getzloff would score his first goal of the season against the Devils. He not only scored his first goal of the season against the Devils, he added two assists to that. He led the Ducks with three points in last night's 4-0 shutout of the New Jersey Devils. It was a shutout, and I will give some props to John Gibson later on when I talk with Trey Matthews, but I I have to give props to Ryan Getzloff, and I also want to give props to Erwin, who was the Spanish-language play-by-play for last night's Spanish language game. And it was amazing. Way better than the ESPN Plus coverage. I listened to it for maybe a minute. I was like, nah, I'm good. Spanish language, I mean, I speak Spanish. So that was a big advantage for me. But even me trying to tell other people, hey, check this out. Check out this awesome Spanish language. You're going to love it. Even if you're a little bit fluent, you'll get it. So I, I loved hearing it. As soon as Getzloff scored that first goal of the game, it kind of came back where Irwin said, El Capitan, that is correct, Ryan Getzloff. Or as he said, Capitan Getzloff. Yeah, he gave him that nickname for the rest of the game. And I think Irwin saw my tweet when he said, from now on, we have to call him Capitan Getzloff. I don't make up the rules. I'm just saying, when you score the first goal on Dia de los Muertos night, no, better yet, when you score the game-winning goal in two consecutive Dia de Muertos games, you have to embrace that new nickname of Capitan Getzloff. And I think Erwin saw the tweet because for the rest of the game, he didn't refer to him as Ryan Getzloff. He said El Capitan or Capitan Getzloff. It was amazing. It was entertaining as heck. So Getzy, the game-winning goal, a power play goal. Another power play goal for the Anaheim Ducks. It's like they're good at this all of a sudden. <laughs> What's going on? The power play works better than last season, right? Oh, and Troy Terry also got a power play goal in the second. Guess who got the primary apple on that one? If you guessed Capitan Getzloff, you're correct. Oh, but Troy Terry wasn't done. He scored in the third period too. 
Guess who got the primary assist on that one? Capitan Getzloff, that's correct. Troy Terry with his 6th and 7th goals of the season. But Isaac Lundestrom, that was a filthy freaking goal at the end. I will talk about all of that later on when Trey comes on. But I need to give my props to Ryan Getzloff right now. That was his first three-point night in a long time since early 2020. He didn't have a three-point night at all last season. No, not at all. His first three-point night... You ready for this? Since January 5th, 2020, against the Nashville Predators. That's how much he's... I mean, yeah, he struggled at times last season. But he's kind of found the fountain of youth. Oh, and he also has four points across both Dia de Muertos games. When you do that, Capitan Gesla for El Capitan, that's your nickname from now on. So, first three-point night since January 2020. That is, let me do the math here, 22 months ago. 22 months. That's how long it's been since Ryan Getzloff had a three-point night. So, good job, El Capitan. You love to see it. You love to see this performance. And most importantly, that puts him at 992 career points. He's all of a sudden... Only 8 points away from reaching that 1,000 point milestone. I don't know if it's going to be on the road trip. He might get that 1,000th point at home at this pace he's been going. I know this pace is not sustainable. He hasn't had a point per game since 2018. So it's been a while. He's 4 years older than that season. I don't know if he can sustain this point per game streak he's on right now. But... I would like to think that he's got to get about 55 points this season. I would love to see that. If Getsy can get 55 plus points this season, that would be the first time since 2017. That season when the Ducks made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. So this fountain of youth that he's somehow found. Actually, I take it back. 55 points since 2018. He had 61 points that season. He had 58 assists in 2017. He could get 50-plus assists this season. Only one goal and nine assists. But there's no there's no reason to think that he shouldn't get at least 40 apples in this season. And the way he's been going, there's absolutely no reason why he shouldn't get at least 55 points this season. This season, his age 36 season. And it looks like he's just having fun out there. He's having fun with the young guys. Whatever kind of chemistry he has with Troy Terry, it is absolutely working. Look at the top four point scorers for the Ducks right now. Adam Henrique, Ryan Getzloff, Kevin Shattenkirk, Troy Terry. If you told me before the season that those four would be leading the team in points after 11 games, I would have said, I want what you're smoking. No, I'm not going to say it. I just want what you're having because I didn't expect it. I was thinking that Raquel would be up there in points. Uh, to be fair, Raquel is hurt. He's only played eight games a season. So Raquel's hurt. That one benefited the doubt. I thought Zegris would have a bigger season than he's having right now. Zegris has five points. He's not doing bad, but not at the level that we're hoping for at the moment. 
I like to think that Zegris will pick it up more in the coming games. I also thought that maybe Max Comtois would do well again. Comtois got benched. He didn't play in last night's game. There's even some people out there saying maybe Max Comtois could spend some time in San Diego. The only thing that's an advantage to that is Comtois is at least waivers exempt for this season. So the Ducks could send him down to San Diego if they really need to. If they need to. But we'll see what happens later on this season. Uh, but one more thing about Ryan Getzlaff. Oh, sorry. One more thing about Capitan Getzlaff. He's already got 10 points this season. 992. If he breaks this at home, it would be in about 13 games. And keeping up with that 0. .6, 0. .7 points per game then he would get it before that long road trip, maybe even the first or second game in December. Worst case scenario, he gets it on that road trip, but we'll see. Once again, Ryan Getzloff, 992 career points in a three-point night in the Ducks' 4-0 victory over the New Jersey Devils. And speaking of the Devils, I will be joined very shortly by the one and only Trey Matthews from Locked On Devils. Okay, look, him and I, we've had our jabs. We've traded jabs here and there talking about a certain Ducks-Devils rivalry that goes back to the 2003 Cup Final. Yes, it was a dirty hit by Scott Stevens. Yeah, but, you know, still a good buddy of mine. Still love having Trey on the show. And I gotta say, it's a little more sweeter after a shutout of the Devils. So, yeah, Trey will come on momentarily. Before we head to this intermission, let's talk about Shopify. Cha-ching! It's the sound of another sale on Shopify. The all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. And in case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, our point-of-sale app and accompanying hardware. And Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. So, Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses, from first scale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks. So, if you want to check out Shopify for yourself, go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL right now. That's shopify.com slash LockedOnNHL. And this show is also brought to you by my favorite protein bar, Built Bar. That's right. Built Bar is better than ever. And folks, Thanksgiving is coming in less, no, four weeks. Four weeks until Thanksgiving. And look, pies, they have upwards of 300 calories. But an average Built Bar has only about 130 calories. 
only 4 grams of sugar and packed with 17 grams of protein. And I love Thanksgiving and I love all the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. So check out Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get a 15% discount on your next order of Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever, 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 ever. And as a marathon runner, I sincerely mean that. I mean, I qualified for New York Marathon recently and had my built bar. I had my built boost. They helped me along tremendously. So I cannot thank built enough for that. All right. Coming on to the program right now is Trey Matthews, host of Locked on Devils. That was a well-rounded game by the Ducks. You love to see it. Or, Trey, just say it. Just say it. I hate everything, and I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I I had a different experience of the game than you did for multiple reasons. Uh, first off, great job by John Gibson. This is going to go unnoticed because of Troy Terry and Ryan Getzloff. But there was a lot of high-danger chances New Jersey had. They had a couple of up-close chances and they they were just stonewalled by John Gibson, his first shot of the season. And I think he did a solo job. Yeah, he was one of the uh, three stars of the game. He was the uh, third star. And yeah, you're right, because on one instance that comes to mind is that the New Jersey Devils, there was a loose puck and Gibson didn't see it. So all it took was just the New Jersey Devils just to nudge it in just a little bit to not get shut out. But obviously that did not happen. So you're absolutely right. That's something I wanted to talk about, which was the goaltending, because, you know, Gibson did play one hell of a game, unfortunately, like, you know, like you said, what Terry was able to do getting two goals and what Getzlaff was able to do by getting the uh, first uh, goal on the board. And also, I believe he chipped in with a couple of assists as well. I think mm-hmm. he had like three points total this game, which is fantastic. Yep. Uh, you know, it's it's going to go unnoticed, but, you know, we noticed it at, that Gibson did have a... Um, did, did indeed have a, a good outing and showing for the Ducks. And on the other side for Jonathan Bernier, you know, not his best performance. No. But at the same time, I'm not going to put the blame on um, Jonathan Bernier. Now, you know, am I going to blame him for a few things? Yeah. So that gets slap goal to get things going. He really should have stopped that. I, I get that was a strong shot, but no way that should go five hole from where Getzlaff was at. But, you know, I'm not going to put the blame on Jonathan Bernier. I'm not even going to say he's one of the reasons why the New Jersey Devils lost. But, you know, I, I don't think Bernier really helped in our in our case. But, you know, it was either him or um, Mackenzie Blackwood. And Mackenzie Blackwood right now still has not played in his first regular season game this season because he's uh, coming back from uh, recovering from heel surgery that he had over the offseason. Mm-hmm. So uh, we knew that Mackenzie Blackwood is going to uh, be available this week. We just don't know which game I think it's going to come against the Kings game, which will be on Friday for us. So I think, I think for us, it's just going to um, we're, we're, we're just waiting for Mackenzie Blackwood to return and just be big Mac or the great wall of China, what, whatever we need, because for right now, goaltending is an issue because we've had to rely on Nico Dawes, uh, Scott Wedgwood and a pretty banged up Jonathan Bernier to say the least. So um, yeah. So kudos to you guys on the goaltending, uh, and John, John Gibson's always been an elite goalie. We just don't see it all the time because of the lousy defense that had usually been in front of him. 
And even the patchwork defense, or sorry, the patchwork defense the Ducks have in front of them right now, where they've lost a couple of guys to injury. And right now, it mm, it's the old guys doing it. <laughs> it's not the young guys right now. It's guys like Kevin Shattenkirk. Would you believe Kevin Shattenkirk is leading the National Hockey League in points for defensemen with 11 points? 11 points. He's, he's almost matched last season's point total. Shaddy had 15 points all of last season. All of last season. 11 points, 11 games. What, what year is this? Uh, 2021, about to become 2022, <laughs> if you needed an exact answer. But, no, you're preaching to the choir, man, because uh, last year, Mackenzie Blackwood actually did pretty well in post. Unfortunately, the defense in front of him wasn't really that good. And Jonathan Bernier was kind of in the same situation last year with the Detroit Red Wings because Detroit Red Wings, they had like, I believe, one of the bottom tier defenses in all of the league. And Jonathan Bernier got little to no help. But, you know, with the defense that's uh, given to him this time around, uh, he, he should be doing better. Like he did better in his first few outings. And I got to yeah. give credit when credit is due. I believe he's won his first uh, three games and this is his first loss of the year. But, you know, for for Jonathan Bernier, it, it, you know, I, I, I will blame the rest of the team, but he didn't really help us in this in this instance. But no, Jason, you are preaching well, to the choir. I'm going to give Bernie a little bit of the benefit of the doubt on the first power play goal, because I thought that Cinema Milano did a perfect job of screening out Bernier, where Getzloff had that puck on the point. And if you look at the secondary replay, Bernier had no chance of seeing that puck because Milano was just hounding him out in front and Milano moved back and forth. He kind of had a sixth sense as to where Bernier was, right? And he was completely screened out, so he couldn't see the goal. That one, I will not give to Bernier, or I won't blame Bernier. I will say Milano did a fantastic, or sorry, Milano, as the Spanish announcer called him. Um, he did a good job, good job screening. The Lundestrom goal, the shorthanded goal. Oh, that, that was that was terrible. I was like, that oh one my, Bernier should have oh, gotten. Oh my <laughs> goodness, uh, New Jersey Devils. So uh, Lundestrom does a spin move on Jesper Brat and hits a weak backhander, and somehow, some way, that finds the twine. I had a heart attack. I was <laughs> like, oh my goodness, Bernier Devils. No, that was- you should have heard Irwin announced that one he couldn't believe what he was seeing he he called it magical it was kind of a magical, magical goal for because... us what magical was that <laughs> that was a spinner like a spinorama whirling dervish i i don't know what kind of move that was but he got it in and lundestrom by the way nine points this season kind of going unnoticed right now well, well compared okay. to getzloff and troy terry well, uh, speaking of Troy Terry, it's worth mentioning that he has the longest point streak in the NHL uh, currently alongside with Connor McDavid and Alexander Ovechkin. So that's yeah. a lead company because Alexander Ovechkin and Connor McDavid, two of uh, the best players to ever play the sport of hockey. Uh, yeah, I get it. Like nine straight games or so. But, you know, the, the scary Terry, I guess. It's about, it's about to be 10 because they're going to play Arizona next. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's about- <laughs> Definitely probably going to be the 10. Yes. You're playing the Coyotes. More with Trey Matthews coming up. But first, let's talk about the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust, betonline.ag. And the World Series may be over, but you still have the NFL. You have the NBA tipping off. 
the Lakers' big win against the Rockets last night. And also, of course, the National Hockey League. And did you guys bet on the Ducks like I asked you to yesterday? The Ducks were underdogs on betonline.ag. You could have made a pretty penny if you put a little money on the Ducks. So if you want to check out betonline.ag for yourself, use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. So for example, if you deposit 200 bucks, you'll get a $100 bonus. And if you put 100 bucks on the Ducks, you would have made over 200 bucks over that. So head over to betonline.ag. Once again, use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, folks, please gamble responsibly. This game was just an absolute uh, crap fest for the New Jersey Devils. Now, I know you have a different perspective on this, but I just need to address the elephant in the room. I'm not going to do this um, th- this crossover with you and pretend that uh, th- this is you know not an issue. We need to talk about the broadcasting, or I need to talk about the broadcasting. You could talk about it because I had a completely different experience. Okay. Okay, look, look, I am one of the few African-American play-by-play announcers in the entire country. Me and Everett Fitzhugh, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, uh, change the game. And, you know, th- this comes out of me being unbiased. This comes out of me just giving my perspective and my opinion. So before anyone comes at me uh, on Twitter, whatever the case might be, you know, I, I'm just I'm entitled to my opinion. So Leah uh, Hextall was a. Mm-hmm. I tried defending her at first. I tried saying like, you know, I don't want to see any slander of her on my timeline. You know, let, let, let's uh, keep the broadcast positive. She was awful. She was not good. And, you know, she, she just had no energy. It was very monotone. And it's one of the issues that I have. My favorite baseball team is the Detroit Tigers. It's the same issue that I have with Matt Shepard doing the play-by-play for the Detroit Tigers. It's just like, you know, there, there's no buildup. It's very monotone. And when something happens, you go from like zero to 10 real quick, you know, in the words of Drake or, or no zero to a hundred real quick. There we go. There we go. But um, she was just not good. And she called Pavel uh, Zaka Pavel Zupka. And, <clears throat> and here's the thing. Dougie Hamilton got injured in the first period with a lower body injury, which I will talk right. about in a later full fledged episode. ESPN didn't talk about that until the third period. He was out at the eight minute mark in the first period. And this is not getting talked about until really the period. Seriously. They talked about it in the second period on the broadcast that I was listening to. By the well, way. You were, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Jason Hernandez was listening to the Spanish vers- version of this game. Orale. Um, <laughs> me gusta eso, mi amigo. Si, señor. Si se puede. <laughs> or, or as I said, vamos a jugar. I was ready for this game, big time. I was ready for this game too because all the slander I gave you during the course of the offseason with Scott uh, Stevens just saying y'all ain't so mighty, making fun of uh, the injuries he's given to your guys. I was ready for this game and to do a lot of trash talking, but uh, even the clown gets uh, clowns sometimes. But yeah, but you know, I just want to talk yeah, about. I- but I'm, I'm glad you oh, listened to I, it on a different broadcast. Oh, I want to talk about this Spanish broadcast because they did bring up on one of the intermission reports 
that they would love to see more of these kind of games because this is an untapped market. It's Southern California. We have a tremendous Latino fan base here in Southern California that are Kings fans and Ducks fans. And hearing Irwin Higueros y Jesse Bertran tonight. Uh, last season, it was, or sorry, two years ago, it was Jesus Serate. This time it's Jesse Beltran. But Erin Igueros, he was the one who two years ago said, uh, Gol, el Capitan. He brought back that nickname maybe for the first two minutes or three minutes he said Ryan Getzloff. As soon as Getzi scored that goal, he had the new nickname. He didn't call him by Ryan. He called him Capitan Getzloff for the entire game. And I was all about it. And I could kind of hear like a little bit of chuckling, like, hey, that's a good, like, we need to stick with that for the whole game. And he did. He stuck with it. So good for Irwin to really just bring up the point that we need more of these games. We need more, I guess, Mexican heritage games. Maybe just a few games per season. Get it out there. Get the exposure for the Latin American announcers out there. Because as you, like you mentioned, there's not many African-American announcers. There's not many Mexican announcers either. I mean, it's Southern California, y'all. We should have more than just Dia de Muertos, more than just the one game of Patos de Anaheim. This should be at least a few games a season, kind of like what the LA Kings are doing, where they have Francisco X Rivera for a few games a season. This is the kind of stuff that I love to see. I was all about that broadcast. Oh, and by the way, when you're a Mexican announcer and someone scores a goal, you're going to at least once get the long goal call. Like in, like in soccer? Yes, like in soccer. It was amazing. Talvez derbia haber uh, es cuchado uh, tu transmisión. <laughs> Was that good? Was that good? No, that was good. That was good. Okay. For anyone who doesn't speak Spanish, I said, maybe I should have listened to your broadcast in my best Spanish um, interpretation. Like, like I said, Spanish is not my strong suit, but you know, I tried my best. Well, you know how, you know what they call a puck in Spanish? What? Disco. Disco. Yep. Uh, they use, so because there are no exact words for a lot of the hockey terminology, they have to use descriptive language. And one of my favorite ones, they use disco for puck, which I think is really cool. I did not know that. So you learn something new every day. But I, yeah. like I said, I should have listened to your broadcast because listening to, to Leah, like, you know, I, I, I gave her a chance. I defended her on Twitter. I since then deleted the tweet because I'm just like, oh, my God, this is not this is not good. And like I said, I'm not trying to slander her. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, say like she shouldn't be doing hockey. I'm just saying she wasn't the best announcer for this game. And, you know, I love the fact that ESPN is back in the NHL. I'm glad that um, the NHL is doing things like this, which is making the Ducks and the Devils game featured on ESPN Plus. So that way, you know, you you, you can watch it. And luckily I had a subscription and I I watched it. But at the same time, it was just it it wasn't a good broadcast. And and that's just me being honest. And, you know, thank God I have my extreme Mexican heritage. Because as soon as the game started, boom, mute ESPN Plus, put on the Spanish. Lucky you. I, I, I'll go old school here for the Laker fans. It's kind of like back in the early 2000s when you had Bob Costas doing the NBA Finals, but all the real Laker fans 
listen to Chick Hearn on the radio, Chick and Stew. So that's for you old school Laker fans there. Well, I don't think there are many Laker fans in the New Jersey Devil fan base, but you know. <laughs> Once again, that was Trey Matthews from Locked on Devils. We're going to end the show rather quickly because we're running short on time. But I want to thank you all for listening and thank you all for making this your first listen of the day. Tomorrow, it'll, it'll be goals Thursday. So definitely tune in tomorrow, especially those of you that want to know about the upcoming Ducks players. And we'll check in on Mason McTavish on his conditioning stint with the San Diego Goals on tomorrow's podcast. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, this podcast is free and available across all platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD or follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And don't forget to check out Locked on NHL. Today's Western Conference Wednesday with Jess Balmasto and Sarah Avampado. So check out Locked on Bets. Check out Locked on Now Check out some of the other fantastic podcasts on the Locked on Podcast Network. Do that now. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.